very, very powerful, awesome thing. Very something that I feel every man and some of us women need. 40% of women struggle with pornography. About 100% of men struggle with pornography. Amen, men are pigs. We need accountability, people. We need accountability. Who is your accountability partner? Who is the one guy or girl that you can tell everything to? If you're married, that better be your spouse. Who is that one person that you trust enough to say, I screwed up, and they're not going to smack you over the head because you screwed up. They're going to hold you and love you and forgive you for it and help you get through it. Who is that person in your life? If you don't have a person like that in your life, it's, there's no reason why not to. There's tons of people in this room who would be willing to be that person for you here today. I'm one of them. Who is that person in your life? Who can you be held accountable to? So uh, there's community. There's, uh, they provide comfort and rejection. They provide accountability. They stir each other to actions. Number four, they stir each other to action during idleness. Sarah does this for me all the time. Get up, lazy. Let's go. Come on. We're late. The boys have baseball. The boys have this. We're late to church. Get up. Hurry. Do, are you still in your pajamas? Oh, my gosh. Get up. Let's go. But, babe, I don't want to do my sermon this week. You need to do your sermon. You know, like, that's how she is. It's a beautiful thing. She's like, whoosh. You know, like, that is it. She was that way when she was a little girl, man. She was awesome. I know so many women like, amen, I smack my husband. Oh, you don't even know. He is lazy. He don't do nothing, okay? So whenever my ADD kicks in, no, it's serious. Whenever my ADD kicks in, it's like I, I don't want to do anything. I want to just, I want to be selfish at that moment. Okay, so like these, these guys who go out to share the gospel to all the nations and, and, and to go out and, and do uh, Jesus' mission, you don't think they got tired along the way? Like, man, we're tired. We're all curled up here in this town. I'm tired, man. My feet hurt. They're bleeding. I'm tired. I, I just want to stop for a while. And the other guy's, no, we cannot stop. You remember the time that you lifted me up when I was down because we got rejected? Now I'm going to lift you up because you're tired. Don't give in to laziness. A lot of us will give in to laziness as Christians, but we don't feel like we need to tell anyone about the gospel. I already know. No one I know knows the gospel because you're not living on mission for Jesus. Because if you were living on mission for Jesus, everyone you met would know the gospel by now. And everyone you met would at least know that you were a Christian because everyone you met, you would say something empowering to them. You would say something that's going to leave a mark on them. Don't give me an excuse that I don't know any Christians or any non-Christians. That is the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. Because there are so many people in Corpus Christi that don't know Jesus. You must be living in a Christian holy huddle if you don't know any non-Christians. People at your son or daughter's school People at your work, at your job, at your school. People that when you go to a convenience store, you see people there every day. They know you by name probably because you're there every day to buy your monster drink and your pack of cigarettes or whatever you're buying there. And they know you. And so you have to take the opportunity to that little two minutes of you being at the counter to do something for them. You go to HEB. You know what's an awesome thing is just find someone in HEB. Stalk them for a little bit. Figure out when they're working, when they see them. You know, I don't care if their their lines twice as long. Stand in their line, in their line, pray about how God will use you to share the gospel with them on that day. See, so many people, we don't have time for that. We think we're so busy, we're so caught up in our own lives that we don't have time for that. You see what I'm doing here for you guys? 
I'm picking you up in your laziness. And I want you guys to do the same for me. Pastor, we haven't done any outreach in a while. Pastor, we need to do this. Pastor, lift me up. Pick me up. We have to strengthen each other. Listen, our strength comes from God, but he meets our needs through teamwork with others in Christ in the church. God provides our strength, but he meets our needs through teamwork with others in church. You can't do this alone. So if we are called to the mission of God, we will be called into community with each other. And we went through reasons why. Let's keep reading verse 8 in chapter 6. It says, He charged them not to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Jesus basically said, go now. It was a sense of urgency in Jesus' command to go now. He said, God, I'm going to send you out two by two. And they're like, okay, well, let's go pack. I got my Adidas bag in the back. Let me go kind of load up some, some socks. He's like, no, no socks. Well, let me go get some money. No, no money. Oh, I need some food. I need, no, no bag, no food. Well, I got to get a, a pair of underwear. Dude, you got some on right now? You got some chonas on? Go, let's go. That was the urgency. He said, don't even take two pairs of extra underwear, bro. Just go. Turnics or underwear, in case you're wondering, where is he getting underwear from? Like, that's, that's Jesus saying, go now. There was a sense of, of urgency there. There was a sense of now. There was a sense of we don't have time to wait. And the problem is, is that many of us wait in Christianity, don't we? We wait around. And we're like, oh, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the right moment. Or, uh, you know, you say excuses like, oh, I'd serve. I'd serve, but uh, my, my kids won't let me serve. Come on, people. This is Impact City Church. There's always a place to serve. You say your kids don't let you serve? Fine. Go serve in the children's ministry with your kids. Amazing place. Service there right now. I want to read my Bible, but I'm too busy. Really? But you're on Facebook all night long. Real talk here, people. I want to do more, but I'm just not called. I'm not called. We just went over there. Everyone's called. Don't make an excuse here. I'll give you a scripture for it. Like, come on. We have no excuse. We come up with these excuses, and, but there's no sense of urgency there. We don't understand the, the, the rawness of what really needs to happen here. When it comes to people dying and going to hell because they don't know Jesus, there has to be a sense of urgency here. There has to be. Let me ask you, what, would excuse, what excuse will you have when you die and you meet Jesus? And he says, welcome to heaven. And he looks back at your life. He says, man, you never really did anything. You just went to church. You brought, you brought cupcakes one day to the life group. Like, what, do you, what is your excuse going to be? Like, think about that. What is your excuse going to be? <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was working too much. I, I couldn't get off. I was working too much to do anything. Jesus, I'm sorry, but I was busy with all my friends. You don't understand that concert was awesome. Jesus, uh, I, was, I was going to serve. I was so busy, drowning in my own sorrows. I was so busy being obsessed with me that I couldn't do something for someone else who was actually in a worse state off than me. Jesus, I, I, was, I would love to serve. I would love to do something in the church, but man, my boyfriend, my girlfriend don't even want to come to the church, so I'm just going to stay home with them. Jesus, I, I, I want to care about people. I, I want to do all these things, but I'm too fixated 
on this girl, this guy in my life because they're hot and you're not, and I would rather just deny you and go with them. Jesus has such an urgency for us. Do you know what his urgency was? His urgency was to go to the cross. He didn't even argue. He even argued to Pilate. He didn't even try his three cases. He was just like, no, I'm just going to shut up and we're going to get this over with. He took that cross to Calvary and he, he, he laid on the cross willingly and they put his nails through his hand and they raised him up on the cross. And Did he complain? No. Did he wonder like, man, I want to do this, but I'm too busy. I'm, I'm upset because they're rejecting me. I feel so bad. He's not a weak Jesus and you're not a weak person. We don't have time to do that. We don't have time to not worry about that. He said, go now. There is an urgency. There is an urgency. It's the same as, as, as someone calling you and saying, hey, your son or your daughter or your best friend or your mom or your dad, whatever you love, is trapped in the car and they're drowning, but they're across the city. And the car is sinking, but it's not sinking that fast. If you hurry right now, you can go and you can save them. But you're on this other side of the city, you're like, yeah, I'll go after uh, Walking Dead's over. Uh, like, I'll go after, you know, The Voice is over. I'll go after this. Or like, you know what? I'm too busy with my boyfriend over here. I, he's, I'm going to go spend time with him right now. Like, I'm going to go, but I, I don't want to take my kids. I don't want to go do that with my kids there because they, they're all loud, and I can't really save someone if the kids are making a, a ruckus. Like, don't, like, come on. There was a sense of urgency there. You need to just go. We need to have that in our minds that we don't have time to wait. How many of y'all have time to wait for someone to die? Wow. Think about that. How many of y'all have time to wait for someone to die? None of us do. And if there is any ounce of human in your heart, you won't. You would do whatever it takes to share that gospel with them. Because it's not about you. It's not about your priorities. It's not about what makes you awesome. It's about what makes God awesome. And you will do that. On the mission of Jesus, we will need community. We will live with urgency. And number three, we will deal with rejection. We talked about this last week, but we never talked about how to really deal with rejection. Read with me verse 10. It says, And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you. When you leave, shake the dust off your foot. Take the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and they proclaimed to the people that the people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick. And he healed them. The term shake the dust off your feet is a very significant action here. It's not like something when you walk in, you step on dog poop. You're like, you know, that's not, it, it's more significant than that. It has meaning. The term shake the dust off your feet was, in, uh, was evidence of the toil and the labor and the strive and all the hard work that it took for the, the apostles to even get to that person's house. Remember, we talked about this. It said, go now. They suffered to go places. The dust um, was evidence of that. It, it was a witness, a witness to those people that they had entered the city and had delivered the message of God, that they delivered the gospel to them, and that their message had been refused. And the very dust that they shook off their feet, therefore, uh, was almost like a, saying that this is defiling to me. So what are they basically saying here? 
Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet. Basically, in the great words of the great theologian Elsa from the Disney movie Frozen, let it go. And I will not sing that song for you again because last time I tried to sing that song, no one joined me, and I looked like an idiot. (laughs) Shake it off. Quit crying about it. Move on to other people who will hear your message. And boy, do I know a thing or two about shaking dust off my feet. As a minister, we shake dust off our feet every single day. In life, if you're doing God's will, you will, you will um, always try to tell someone the gospel. You will share the gospel with people. If you're doing God's will, you're doing the, 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 the ministry of God. And when you share the gospel to people, you're going you're gonna, to like, just do your best. And, and listen, they're not going to accept it. There's some people that just will not accept the, 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 the gospel. Like I said, when we hear the gospel, we have two choices. We can, we can love it and accept it and just follow it completely, or we can reject it and push it away from our lives. Why? Because the gospel is bad news before it's good news. The gospel reveals our sin in our life. And then the good news is that it reveals our need for a Savior and that we have a Savior. So when people hear that, they normally stop at the, good, at the bad news and say, I don't want to hear no more, and they reject the gospel. Or they don't believe that their Savior could do this. And when people reject you, listen, it hurts. When people reject you, it sucks. As a pastor, I know that when people do this to you time and time again, when people hurt you and they hurt your family and they talk bad about you because you didn't do something for them or because something happened and they have anger against you because you were just following what God has instructed you to do and they reject you, it hurts. But what do we do? Shake the dust off our feet and we keep going. We plan outreaches and we invite Literally, I've literally walked the streets of Corpus in 98-degree weather, passing out door-to-door hangers with me and Sarah and the kids because no one could take time to come help us serve. And then we pass all these flyers out, and no one shows up. Or the people who do show up, they show up for their free food, and then they jet. That hurts. That sucks. But you know what? You shake the dust off your feet. A few years back, we had an Easter event, and a buddy of mine... Uh, came out to help me clean up. As we're cleaning up all the trash, we saw all of our invite cards, all of the free stuff we give away in the trash. This last week when we were doing the fundraiser, uh, Ryan said that a guy literally took the flyer he gave him from an eight-year-old kid, mind you, took it, looked at it, spit his gum at it, and threw it on the floor right next to Ryan. Welcome to the ministry, mijo. And you will see it too. You will pour your heart out for someone who just just going to reject you. You would say, man, but they were doing so good, but now they're back on drugs. Or they were doing so good, but now he's sleeping with her again. You were doing so good, but now he's wandering off into a, a life of, of just sin. Why do they keep going back? Why do they keep going back to that life? And it hurts and it sucks, but you know what you do? You shake it off. You love them. You forgive them. And you turn your attention to someone else who's going to listen to you. Because life is too short and hell is too hot for us to spend time with people who are going to be stupid and keep going back to their old life. Jesus said, don't even waste time with them. Can I get an amen on that? We all need to understand that it's not being mean. It's not being judge, judgmental. It's being real and urgency and have, understanding the urgency that there is there. That We don't have time to waste all of our time with someone who just keeps calling you and crying about their life, but they don't want to do anything that you tell them to do to change life. 
We don't have time for that. We have, there's people dying and going to hell. We got to get on to that. Amen? So here's the package that Jesus sets out. Go do my will. Go do my ministry. Follow me. Do this thing and you will experience the best one-on-one community that you've ever had with someone. Tears, uh, sweat, uh, blading with people. You will experience that with people. You will experience this, this rejection from people. And oh, by the way, you might be persecuted for it as well. Uh, if you ask any of the disciples how they died, you would look at the fact that they were not healthy, wealthy, and successful in life. Many of them were, uh, I think Peter was crucified upside down. Many of them were beheaded. Look at John the Baptist. Look at the, uh, uh, the disciple John boiled in a bath of oil and then set out to an island to die by himself. He did write a great book by, of Revelation, by the way. But all these people, that's the package. Follow Jesus and die. Not too many people will fill up a mega stadium and hear that message, all right? You don't see pastors who filling up a whole basketball stadium say, if you follow Jesus, you're going to expect persecution and you're probably going to die. Sucks, doesn't it? We don't want to hear that message. I don't want to buy a ticket to that message. But here's a reward. Here's a reward. If you turn to your Bibles, I don't have, I don't have it on the screen. Matthew 10, 40 and 41 gives us the reward for doing this. If you look at Mark and Luke and Matthew, they're all uh, synoptic gospels. They, they all tell this story the same way. Uh, but Matthew and, and Luke tend to like to write a little bit more so they yeah, expand on the story. So this is Matthew's account of this story uh, expanded. And Matthew says that Jesus was saying this to the disciples after he said, you will expect persecution. And if you go into those homes, just shake the dust off your feet. This is what Jesus says after that in the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He says, basically, go do all this stuff. You're going to get rejected, but listen to this. He says, whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. The reward for doing the ministry of God, the ministry of Jesus, is not a fast car. The reward for doing the ministry of Jesus is not a big, awesome house. The reward for doing the ministry of Jesus is not a three-figure-a-year job. The reward for doing the ministry of Jesus does not mean you're going to have everything awesome and handed to you. You're not going to be rich. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be healthy and wealthy. Look at the, the missionaries who came back with Ebola. Look at those guys, right? The ministry of Jesus does not grant you all these great possum, awesome things. Not possum, that's, a, that's an animal, that's a marsupial. The, the ministry of Jesus grants you more Jesus. And Jesus is enough. Amen. Y'all say that Jesus is enough. He is better than anything else. He is better than your, than your Mercedes-Benz. He's better than your fast car. He's better than your girlfriend. He's better than your boyfriend. He's better than your husband. He's better than your wife. Listen, this is going to hurt. He's better than your kid and his softball team. He's better than all of that. Not that that stuff is bad, but Jesus is better. So when we choose to follow Jesus, we get more Jesus, which means that we get a chance to love more people. Which means we get a chance to love our children, our wife, and our husbands the godly way, not in a sinful way, without marriage, outside of that. We don't get to do that in sin. We get to do it in love, in God's community, in God's world. 
And when we follow Jesus and we get more of Jesus and we share more of Jesus, then more people know Jesus and then more people will know Jesus because those people knew Jesus. The mission of Jesus doesn't give you rewards. The mission of Jesus gives you more Jesus. And we have to believe that. We have to believe that. We're going to do this mission of Jesus with community. We're going to do it with urgency. And we're going to deal with the rejection. And we're going to embrace the reward of more of that. Because Jesus is better. It's all about heads and pray. Lord, every head bowed and eyes closed. Yeah, we just we praise you for what you have done. God, we realize the urgency. God, we see the need for your son to just come and to save the world. And we see the fact that we are now uh, indebted to that. That, that that job, that mission of his is now our mission. And it's not about our own objectives. It's not about our own schedules and what we want to happen. It's about what you want to happen. You've set that forth already. And it's our job to just go with that and trust you. Lord, forgive us for being selfish. Lord, forgive us for not having time to share the gospel. Forgive us for being selfish in the fact that that we don't feel a need to share the gospel. Lord, we repent of that here today. Lord, if there is anyone here who is just holding that that anger of of feeling like, man, I don't want to do the gospel. I don't want to share this. Would you just repent of that today? Would you just allow Jesus to come into your life and to just, 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 just embrace you and to cleanse you and to purge you of that? And that is you. If you feel like, like you need that, if you feel like you've, you've been chasing yourself too long, you're chasing your own tail and not doing the things that God wants you to do, would you just raise your hand? Would you just repent of that right now? We all get like that. We all get a little selfish sometimes. We all get to where we know that, 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 it's, that we think it's all about us and, and we forget about God. When we stop doing that, we stop doing that today. Put your hands down, guys. Thank you so much. Lord, I give praise for everyone here today. Lord, I give higher praise to you, your son, Jesus Christ. And if you feel like you, you, you haven't surrendered to Christ, you feel like that's something that you haven't done yet, you take some time and think about that. I'm not asking you to say a prayer. I'm not asking you to, to do something out of, you know, like you feel like you have to because this is the moment in church. I want you to think about that and let that happen naturally in your life. But don't, don't ignore it. If you feel it knocking on your door, when Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, stop running around the house and just open the door and allow him to come in. Amen. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you, God. We thank you so much for what you have done on the cross at Calvary. Lord, we thank you for, for forgiving us in our wickedness and in our sinfulness. God, we, we just thank you so much for that. God, we love you. God, we praise you. God, send us out to do your mission. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Y'all watch this video real quick.